Bible and the Bishop. Hello, my name is Farron Glenfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. And I've been reading the Bible since my teenage years, a half century ago. Since then, I've studied the Bible as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a student at the university and as a Christian pastor. I believe the Bible is God's word written. So in this series of the Bible and the Bishop, I would like us to consider the book of Psalms, which is found in the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament. What is it about song lyrics? Lyrics have a capacity to ingrain themselves into our long-term memory. We catch a tune at random on the radio or on a playlist, and the words tumble out of our minds and mouths. For Christians, it is the same with hymns. I remember a good friend who suffered from dementia, and we walked together from time to time. And during our walks, he would often burst into singing a hymn of many verses, which was extraordinary. He could barely remember what day it was, but he knew every line of a hymn. The Psalms was Israel's songbook, hymn book. Indeed, the Psalms are used by Jews and Christians in their worship to this present day. The collection of the 150 Psalms in the Old Testament probably dates back to 500 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. The lyrics of the songs and the hymns survived. The music has been lost over time. The Psalms were at the centre of Jewish worship in the temple in Jerusalem. It is an anthology composed by authors living at different times which were incorporated into communal worship. The Sefer Tehillim in Hebrew, the Book of Praises. The early Christians, who were mainly Greek speakers, knew the collection as the Biblos Salmon, the Book or Scroll of Psalms. The word psalm comes from the Greek word salmos, a song accompanied by a harp-like instrument called a psalterion. So the psalter came to be used for the entire collection of the 150 psalms. Where to begin with the psalms? Well, let's begin our exploration of the psalms by looking together at Psalm 1. I'm going to read Psalm 1 using a 21st century translation, the English Standard Version of the Bible. You may want to follow it in your own Bible, whatever version that may be. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. 
For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The most obvious thing about this psalm is that it is placed first in a series of 150 psalms. It is the keynote psalm. It introduces the whole collection and sets the tone for the Psalter. It, with Psalm 2, act as a prologue, an introduction to the Psalms, as part of the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. The books of the Old Testament consist of three broad divisions of material. First, the law, the first five books, the Torah in Hebrew or Pentateuch in Greek, the books we know as Genesis to Deuteronomy. Then there are the historical books, the story of Israel, the people of God, and God's spokesmen, his prophets, the Nephim, books like the two volumes of Samuel, first and second Kings, and the very large prophecies of Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah, and the smaller prophecies of Habakkuk, of Amos, of Malachi, and the rest. And then third, there is the Ketuvim, the writings, the wisdom books, like the Psalms, Proverbs, and Job. The work of sages and poets, which have often are reflective and lyrical, just like the Psalms. The Psalter opens in Psalm 1 with a beatitude. Blessed is the man. Blessed can be translated as happy. The very first word in the Psalms, blessed or happy, will explore the meaning of human happiness, what it is to be happy. It is clear from the beginning and throughout the Psalms that the definition of human happiness is God-centred. Happiness comes from a life focused on God and open to his instruction in his word, the Bible. A happy person is orientated to God and his manual for life, his words in the scriptures. As such, Psalm 1 contrasts two ways of life, two humanities, if you like, and their two destinies. The way and destiny of the righteous over and against the way of the wicked. When you hear the word righteous, what springs to your mind? Maybe it's those who set themselves up to be self-righteous. They think of themselves as morally superior to others. Or perhaps what comes to mind are those who try to do the right thing. The word righteous here in Psalm 1, sedike, is primarily a, not a moral category, but a relational term. In other words, it is being in right relationship with God, out of which springs doing the right things. The righteous in the Bible, those who acknowledge their dependence on God for life and for future, their happiness comes from God's forgiveness and the gift of God's faithful love. In short, the happy, the righteous, are those who live by grace, God's unmerited favour to us, through faith through belief, through trust in God. What about the wicked? 
Who do you think they are? Suicide bombers? Mass murderers? Pedophiles? The wicked here in Psalm 1 are not outrageously or obviously bad people, but are people who live in fundamental dependence on themselves rather than God. The wicked are people who consider themselves autonomous, which means a law unto themselves. They live self-centred, self-directed, self-ruled lives with no reference, no dependence on God. The really frightening thing about this conclusion is that the essence of wickedness in the Psalms, autonomy, is what our Western culture promotes and values most. I am a law unto myself. Turning to the text of Psalm 1, let's observe the way of the righteous. In verses 1 and 2, the author describes the motor which drives the believer's life. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Did you notice that verse 1 starts with a negative? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. The believer is described by what they avoid. The counsel of the wicked has to do with a way of thinking, a mindset, an outlook, a worldview. The way of the sinners suggests behaviour, action, practices. The seat of the scoffers may well be scathing unbelief which rejects God. Happy is the one who avoids, shuns all of this, for they are in John Stott's phrase, counter-cultural, in a word, different. The righteous man resists the power plays of evil. The righteous woman does not cave into peer pressure or groupthink. The righteous do not go with the flow. It was Malcolm Muggeridge who observed, only dead fish go with the flow. Verse 1 of this psalm is a warning that is repeated in the New Testament in the letter of Paul to the Romans. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mould. But it's not all negative. In verse 2 we read, But their delight is in the law of the Lord. In its widest sense, the teaching of the scriptures which control and directs the believer's life. Happy, blessed people delight in God's instruction. What is commended in verse 2 is not a closed-minded legalism, a rigid keeping of the rules, but a positive, constant openness to God's instruction, his teaching in the scriptures. What drives your life? What drives my life? The mindset, the outlook of the wicked, or the teaching of God? Psalm 1 provides us not only with a view of the way of the righteous, 
but what that life looks like in verses 3 and 4. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind blows away. The righteous person, the one who is in relationship with God, is like a tree. Trees have come into leaf at this time of year in May, and they are majestic. Follow the simile. The righteous person, like a tree, has stability. They're planted. Vitality by streams of water. Productivity gives fruit in due season. Durability does not wither. And prosperity, all that they do, prospers. You may well be asking, what? No setbacks? No reverses? This is far too idealistic. Far removed from the reality of life as we know it. Alec Mateer, an Irish Old Testament scholar, would call Psalm 1 broad brushwork and suggests that stability with vitality captures the essence of the tree analogy. The person who trusts God have a resource for sustaining their lives under any circumstances. The life of the believer is not so much a reward, but as a result of life's connection with the source of life, God. How different the life of the wicked. Verse 4, the wicked are not so, for they are like chaff which the wind blows away. To appreciate what chaff is, we have to go to the threshing floor in the ancient world, where wheat is brought in to be threshed in order to separate the grain from the stalks. In threshing, the stalks of wheat are beaten until the heavy fruit of the grain falls onto the threshing floor. Chaff is the unsubstantial waste product, like dust which the wind blows away. If the tree represents stability and vitality, chaff represents instability and waste. Notice the simile of the tree occupies three poetic lines, while the simile of the chaff, just one line. I cannot help but think of Scott F. Fitzgerald's iconic novel, The Great Gatsby, which was adapted as a movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Set in the roaring twenties last century, it is full of chaff-like characters who are simply blown away. Someone concludes in the final verses 5 and 6. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. There is a solemnity and seriousness in these words. The psalmist asks, what will we do when the end comes? That could refer to the end of life, our death, or to the final judgment at the end of time. The Bible affirms these two realities, death 
and judgment. Everyone will die and all will be judged. The biblical understanding of time is linear. Time is going somewhere to the end time when all will give account to God. Our lives will be open to God's scrutiny. He will be our judge. At the end, what is the destiny of the wicked? That is, those who have disregarded God and lived as a law unto themselves. In verse 5, the wicked are depicted as not being able to stand. They do not belong to the congregation of the righteous. They have no part in the community of faith. Having no roots like a tree, no belonging. The wicked will perish. They will not withstand the judgment of God. And the righteous, what of their destiny? Well, the first part of verse 6 says, The Lord knows the way of the righteous. For the first time in Psalm 1, the Lord is the subject of a verb. The Lord knows. He watches over. He is in close relationship with the righteous who are connected to him, the source of life. And so, in the end, the righteous will be preserved and not perish. Solemn matters here in Psalm 1. You will recall the psalm begins with blessed and ends with perish. By offering the sharpest contrast between the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked, Psalm 1 prepares us for the rest of the Psalter. These two ways and their destinies will be in view again and again in the Psalms. And the reader will be challenged. Challenged to choose the way of openness to God's instruction, the life of faith, of relationship, or the way of closeness to God, his teaching, the life of unbelief. One way leads to life, the life of the age to come, the other to death, eternal death. Three questions to finish our consideration of Psalm 1. What drives our lives? What moves, shapes, delights us? What describes our lives? Are we like a tree or like chaff? Will we be found standing when the end comes? Or will we perish? And so, in closing, we pray. Words from James, the Apostle, the brother of the Lord. Lord, help us to be doers of your word and not simply hearers only.